Welcome to the Animal Wellness Podcast, all about improving the lives of animals with better policies and practices in government and business. Brought to you by Animal Wellness Action, where we believe helping animals helps us all. Here's your host, Joseph Grove. Last May, Muriel Williamson was an anonymous teenager doing anonymous teenager things. Like her classmates at Eagle Rock High School in Los Angeles, California, she was busy preparing to graduate and to leap across the threshold into adulthood. The last thing on her mind was becoming the subject of countless news stories and being thrust into a debate about nutrition, animal welfare, and the First Amendment. But that's what happened to her, and that's the topic of today's show. We are interested in Marielle's journey because it intersects with our efforts to have Congress pass the Ad Soy Act. The bill would require the USDA to reimburse schools when they provide soy milk as an alternative to dairy milk in the breakfast and lunch lines. Right now, not only does it require notes and special permission even to receive soy milk instead of dairy, schools aren't paid back for the cost of it the way they are when they serve cow's milk. That's why, whether a kid wants it or not, even if dairy makes the kid sick, that kid's going to get two cartons of milk with each school-provided meal. Oftentimes, maybe even most times, those cartons end up straight in the garbage, unopened, because there would-be consumers either don't like milk or have a physical aversion to it, usually in the form of lactose intolerance. Not only is the practice harmful to children who don't know they are lactose intolerant and drink the dairy anyway, or who drink it despite the many health concerns surrounding dairy, it represents a remarkable waste of taxpayer dollars. We've covered the issue quite a bit, and in the show notes we'll include links to more information. But Marielle fascinates us because of her willingness to speak out on the issue, and I wanted us to get to know her and hear firsthand about her remarkable experience. Marielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. No, absolutely. And you are in China right now, right? Why Why are you in China? So I'm with Duke University's branch in China. It's a collaboration between them, Duke University, and Wuhan University. Um, and I am studying international relations and public policy. All right. And, and I assume that's somewhere on your horizon as a career plan, correct? Yes. I would love to work on global international environmental policy in the direction of a more plant-based food system. All right. Excellent. And, and that, of course, gets to the passion that caused you so much trouble in Los Angeles. Um, do people make comparisons between you and uh, Greta Thunberg? I've seen a few comments. Well, I certainly see a parallel, right? Because even though you may not have yet achieved the celebrity, the influence that, that she has, you and she are examples, I think, of what should give older people like me and Ryan, well, I guess not really Ryan, because I think he's secretly 17 and just doesn't let anyone know it. But I, I think it's a great example of how uh, there are people coming along who care about the issues, pay attention to them, and act on them. So uh, on that front, certainly you're, you're, you're one of my heroes, right? The easy thing to do is to say nothing, to do nothing. But as someone once said, uh, and I think it was Martin Luther King Jr., all that needs to happen for evil to triumph is for good men and women to do nothing. So thank you for doing something. 
And and let's get into that. So last, I, I guess it was last May because it would have been pre-graduation. You were a senior at your high school, right? There was an event and you wanted to promote the consumption of soy as an alternative to dairy. Tell us what happened. Yeah, I was wanting to promote non-dairy milk in general and discuss the issues associated with dairy, the stronghold the dairy industry has over national uh, schools participating in the National School Lunch Program. And in requesting to hold that day of action where I would criticize dairy, I was told I, I could not unless I also promoted the very posters that I was trying to criticize posters that were industry funded promoting milk stating all of their nutritional qualities but really this is misinformation and um, it's not something i was willing to do so i partnered with the physicians committee and they filed a lawsuit on my behalf nice so was um it'd be kind of like you know you're out on the street corner getting getting people to love the Lord, but the state comes in and say, hey, you got to say a few words good about the devil while you're at it. Yeah, I guess it would be pretty similar. Um, the only difference is I was on school premises, but still this USDA law that prevented me from holding this campaign is biased and um, a result of USDA partnerships with the dairy industry. Yeah, all right, very good. Was this a special day of activism? What was the context? of your promotion of soy? The context was a partnership with the Physicians Committee for California students. So I have a friend who actually got permission from her school to do this day of action. And she had a raffle and she gave out um, stickers and cookbooks and just encouraged students to look into dairy alternatives and learn about the dairy industry and why it is harmful. Mm -hmm. So your friend was doing this and then you were supporting your friend. You had the material about soy. Did I get the facts right? Um, we're in separate California schools. Her school gave her permission, mine did not. Okay, because your school, again, was focused on making sure that the good old cow's milk was promoted too. When they first told you this, did they tell this to you individually? Did they like bring you into the office, sit you down and say, hey, Marielle, you know, you, you got you to gotta do this dairy promotion too. How did you learn of their decision to make that requirement of you? No, um, it was a back and forth exchange over email with my principal. My principal's a really nice guy. He cares about student voice. He values student voice. Um, but at the same time, he's limited by federal laws. And so the issue wasn't him, it was this federal law. And I guess he's in between um, because he really was trying to do his best with the situation. It was also a conversation with um, his food service director, I believe. So the food service director, is that a school position or a district position? I guess I'm trying to kind of understand how far up the the bureaucracy did the principal go before quashing your advocacy? I would say just above his leadership role. This is LAUSD, which is the second largest district in the nation. So if I'm correct, we have different food service or cafeteria operation managers 
per sector of Los Angeles schools. Okay, so he gives you the bad news by email, right? And this cannot have sat well with you. What was your next step? Well, I was graduating a month later and I kind of was like, okay, this is an opportunity to raise awareness on a, a much deeper issue. And the Physicians Committee was incredible. They really kind of guided me through the whole process. And it was just a, an option that was brought up. And I decided that ultimately that was the best thing. A, a lawsuit was the best way to to bring light to the dairy industry. That, well, that's a, that's a big step. Um, what were your parents or guardians thinking about this? Were they supportive of you, uh, supportive of you, or were they saying, "Hey, tone it down, Marielle"? Um, no, my parents have been supportive of since I transitioned to a plant-based diet and began advocating. Good, good. So when when the physicians committee brought up the possibility of a lawsuit, um, your parents were like, "Yes, go for it." My parents trusted that I was doing what was important to me and I knew what I was doing, whatever my decision regarding that was. That, that's pretty extraordinary. So I have to give uh, some props, some kudos uh, to your parents, right? Because not every, not every person raising a child would, child would be so supportive of that. So that's, that's pretty incredible. So good for them. Before we go any further, I want to play an excerpt from a video done by our friends at Switch for Good. Led by Dotsie Bosch, a great partner to us at Animal Wellness Action, the group advocates for the health benefits of eliminating animal products from our diets. She and her team conducted the interviews in which she asks people about the consequences of consuming dairy. Growing up in the 1980s and 1990s, I remember being in the National School Lunch Program and being so excited at school at the prospect of receiving free meals and free milk. All they had there were pizza rolls and cheese puffs and things with uh, dairy and milk in them that I couldn't consume without becoming violently ill. So I have four children and three out of four has an issue with dairy. When I was breastfeeding them, whenever I had some dairy product, they would get really gassy and they cry so hard. And my son, the oldest one, has the probably worst symptom. He was he's pretty constipated, so you know yogurt might be good for him. So we kept giving him yogurt for the constipation, but he never improved. I was relentlessly teased by my friends for not being able to eat the foods they ate. My mother Susan had to make custom meals that I had to take to school. Those meals were not the same as other kids, so I got teased for having weird lunches. There still is no non-dairy milk alternative offered in the National School Lunch Program, and there never has been to this point. What does this mean? This means that there are millions and millions of lactose intolerant children, just like me growing up, who are not receiving the protein, the macronutrients, the vitamins, the minerals. This is a massive concern, not just from a nutritional perspective, but from a perspective of equality in the school system as well. You can visit her site at Switch for Good using the number four in switchforgood.org. Now, so the physicians committee said, we ought to do this. Your parents are on board. You, of course, were, were on board and had to be 
you know, it, it, from the get-go. Um, who filed the lawsuit? Was it the Physicians Committee on your behalf, or did you have to go to court and submit paperwork through lawyers? How did that work? No, it was the Physicians Committee on my behalf, and it was a, a really easy process on my end. Um, they're a really great organization. They're very organized, and of course, they always check in, um, whether it's an interview or even the day before filing the lawsuit. It was like, are you sure? Um, if you don't want to, that is totally fine. Um, they, they've been they've been incredible. Great. Um, now, clearly, this story blew up. We're right because you know the New York Post. I mean, media outlets all over the world covered this. Were you surprised by your celebrity as a result of this action? I was surprised by the extent of the coverage, definitely. We live in a very nasty world right now, it seems. Maybe we always have and the tools are just new. Um, what kind of what kind of backlash have you received? Yeah, there were a lot of negative comments, of course, also negative personal messages. But at the same time, those were based off of headlines that people saw. And I could tell they hadn't really read the article or done any substantial thinking. Good. Good. Because, yeah, I mean, I would be vulnerable to that, right? I mean, if, if someone, if I say something and I get a lot of negative, you know, feedback to it, that, that can be very daunting. Many people, even, even celebrities who are celebrities by choice, will often give up their social media channels because the the toxicity of the comments just becomes so so overwhelming. So so good for you for standing firm in the face of those those comments. I can only imagine what some of them may may have been like. What what sort of positive comments? Have, who have you heard from giving you, you know, added girls, you know, it, with this campaign? Um a lot of people within the movement um, some peers within the movement, which was really nice. And organizations I used to work with, like PETA. PETA was the first organization I really got active with. So that was really nice. Animal Wellness Action depends on people like you to complete our work. Our recent victories to protect big cats, spare beagles from pharmaceutical tests, and convince Nike to stop killing kangaroos for shoes would not have happened without the financial support of our donors. Become one today at any amount. Visit animalwellnessaction.org forward slash donate to join our fight against animal cruelty of all kinds. That's animalwellnessaction.org forward slash donate. Now, one of the things you did with us, you went to Washington, D.C. with um, our president and the boss of Ryan, our producer and mate, and, and Dotsie Bosch, uh, Olympic athlete, uh, who's well known for her stance against dairy. Ryan, before I ask um, Marielle the next question, why don't you play the, the video that we put together of Marielle with Dotsie and Wayne? A lot of students rely on the National School Lunch Program. It's their only meal of the day, and most of us threw it out. My name is Marielle Williamson, and throughout my four years of high school, I consistently saw so much waste regarding dairy, a lack of student interest in dairy. I would also see students be told to just take cow's milk and throw it away. The 2019 USDA study showed about 29.5% of the milk cartons were thrown away unopened. 
which equates to about three to $500 million of our tax money being lit on fire. As an athlete, as an Olympic athlete, training for many years, the dairy industry was a title sponsor of the US Olympic team. And so we had dairy pushed on us. I saw how many teammates get really sick from this food group. This milk mandate was created uh, after World War II in 1947. And so the milk is now dumped on the children in the school system. You know, our national school lunch program has been on autopilot for so many years, eight decades. We are dictating, we are mandating that every kid who's part of the national school lunch program gets a carton of milk on his or her tray. When you walk into the cafeteria, your eye is just caught on those colorful cow's milk. And the soy milk is pretty much hidden. And because the school wasn't being reimbursed for that, now you need to ask for it specifically and fill out a form with the medical condition. So many students have trouble digesting dairy. 15% of Caucasians, 75% of African-Americans, 90% of Asians, and nearly 100% of Native Americans are lactose intolerant. If you're drinking something that makes you sick, you're having gas and bloating, all of these awful symptoms, of course it makes it difficult to learn. I personally have done several initiatives at my school regarding alternative milk. I know that the student demand is there, so that's why I'm passionate about the Ad Soy Act. When I go to a coffee shop, I have a choice between four or five different plant milks that I can choose from. At restaurants, I have choices. Why don't our nation's children have a choice? Kids shouldn't have to get sick to meet their nutritional requirement. All we're asking is for a nutritionally equivalent plant-based milk product to be available to kids. So we need you to call your representatives, call your senators, write them. We have to show the public support for this act, H.R. 1619, which is the Ad Soy Act, that's simply going to bring a choice in for children who dairy milk makes sick. Mariel, how did that trip come about? Did Dotsy approach you? Did you approach her? How did you end up in D.C.? Well, I went on their podcast for uh, their Switch for Good podcast to discuss the lawsuit and got to reach out afterwards and asked if I was available at some point in late July, yeah, to go to DC to lobby for the Ad Soy Act. So, but you knew of Dotsy before perhaps the podcast taping, correct? Yes, absolutely. Did you also know of the Animal Wellness Podcast? Marielle, did, did you know about Ryan's and my little show? I knew about Animal Wellness Action. I wasn't aware there was a podcast. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts, Muriel. All right. Well, very good. So what was it like? You know, it's, even for me now, right, it would be a heady experience going to Capitol Hill, meeting with legislators, and having to make my case in front of them. What was that like for you? Well, I am an intern with the Plant Powered Youth Steering Committee which is a group of 12 high school, early college students that it's a partnership between Chili's on Wheels and Friends of the Earth. And we went to DC to lobby for climate, food, agriculture bills regarding eating plant-based and accessibility. And this was a week before going to DC with Dotsy. So I had that little cushion of experience, but it was, different to be focusing on the Ad Soy Act specifically. And I learned a lot, even just through our meetings, um, from what Dotsy and Wayne were 
discussing regarding milk waste and student demand and reports. Yeah, overall, it was a really incredible, eye-opening experience and um, nothing but positive things came out of it. And what sorts of questions did they ask you? They asked about my experience seeing milk waste at my school. Um, I guess it was important to them to hear a student's perspective on why this was important. I That was pretty much the bulk of it after it was just really emphasizing that with an, an alternative option, soy specifically, soy milk, would help thousands and thousands of students, millions of students actually, and would be well-received. And unlike the Whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act, if that passes, would actually be successful. Right. The Whole whole Milk for Healthy Kids Act is, I, I, I hesitate to call it parallel legislation, but simultaneous legislation, uh, which um, uh, offers not a choice for soy milk, but a, a choice for kids to drink whole milk, right? So so that there would be not only what I guess is what normally 2%, is that what 2% milk, is that what they give out at school? So my school has chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, 2%, and 1%. Okay, gotcha. So this whole milk act would uh, allow for the introduction of, of whole milk, you know, as the name says. So uh, I guess it's a way to perhaps make milk more attractive. But by golly, if you're not going to drink it, if it's chocolate or strawberry, or there ain't nothing you can do because I'll even drink chocolate milk. Don't tell anyone. Okay, so what's the status of the lawsuit now? Where Where is it in the whole process? And, and what's the desired outcome of the legal action? So I can't really say anything about where it is now, although hopefully there should be some more info on that um, in the next month or few months. Um, and regarding the outcome, one of our big goals was to raise awareness, which we um, did that and continue to do that, but also to do that enough to be able to get enough push to to push the USDA to change that federal law or to, I don't know, reverse it, just take it out of there. It's completely unnecessary. And also, it was right around the time where the Healthy Future Students and Earth Act is is a discussion. Um, the Ad Soy Act is really big. So the timing of that, we were hoping, would also increase the attention on those acts. So the Ad Soy Act is not saying, let's not have dairy milk in school, right? You're, you're not saying get rid of that. What you're saying is make it easier for children who either don't want it, dairy, or can't drink it, lactose intolerance. Let them have this option for soy milk, which has been adjudged to be nutritionally equivalent to dairy milk in terms of the nutrients it provides. Um, But, you know, of, of course, a lot of people say, well, why not almond milk? You know, well, that has you know, nuts and, and we have to be super mindful of nut allergies. They say, hey, USDA, if a school gives 
you know, Marielle, Cartnesoy, pay the school back, right? Because schools are super strapped for cash. The, you know, they don't, naturally, they're disinclined to not be reimbursed for the dairy milk or, or for the soy milk, I should say. You know, they, they need that money because it adds up. You figure, you know, I forget how many millions of, of children are part of the national school lunch program and, and who get the milk and where the reimbursement kicks in. Um, you know, they, they can't they can't pay for what would essentially be an unfunded mandate to give soy milk out. You know, they have to be re- remunerated for it. Right. So, so, so you're, you're, you're waiting for the next uh, step in the legal process to, to play out. Um, is it, you know, or, you know, if it's a first amendment case, are you, are you asking for monetary damages or are you just asking for an, un, you know, and if you can't answer it, I understand. Uh, but, uh, what, what's the goal of the lawsuit relative to your having filed it? Um, no, we are not filing for money at all and any money that should, um, come out of this or that might come out of this in any way would, um, ideally we would take steps to implement it back into LAUSD towards plant-based initiatives in some way or another. So the, the personal involvement for me with filing this lawsuit was awareness and, um, some sort of change that doesn't have laws like this in place that prevent the discussion of the dairy industry and its harmful effects. Very good. Do you perceive that this has opened doors for you in your career path? Um, uh, certainly it's a great line item on your resume going in, into your field, right? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Uh, any any final thoughts or anything I've not asked about Marielle that you would like our listeners to know? I think you covered pretty much everything. Thank you so that's much. Right. That's why they pay me the big bucks, Marielle, to cover everything. That's all right. All right. Well, listen, uh, I'm super excited to talk to you. It was interesting to hear about your story when it first came across our computers. And then you know, I was very enthused that you were going to be with Wayne and Dotsie on on Capitol Hill. And that's great. So uh, to, to the extent to which you're part of our universe, I'm certainly grateful you are. And um, I wish you great success in China, working with your Duke program there. You're in Wuhan, which certainly is a uh, a name that is known to many Americans. So I'm sure you get asked about that a lot as well. What's it like in Wuhan? But um, I just admire you, and I, I think you're just a great example of what it takes sometimes, that we can't just let oppression, and, and it is a form of oppression when your speech is controlled and you can't speak out for what you believe in, you can't let that oppression go unchallenged. And if more people stood up to that the way you, the, the physicians committee, the, the lawyers, your parents, the way they all have, um, you know, if people don't do that, it, it's, a, it's a much less happy world for sure. Thank you for listening to the Animal Wellness Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and follow Animal Wellness Action on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. To stay current with all of our news and information and to take action to help animals, sign up at animalwellnessaction.org. Until next time, 
Remember that helping animals helps us all.